Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Donner. I'm Colin. I'm Zook. I'm supposed to be first. Are you? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Come on. But, you know, Colin, I'm just so happy that you have recovered from your death in Oregon last weekend. And evidently from his recent spider bite. Yes, evidently. And and if you want to see what we're talking about with that spider bite, it's going up on Facebook. So check out our Facebook page. My wife may have made me do something to my face. That sounds oddly... Oh, oh, the you things know, we do for Nikki. Not how it's supposed to sound. <laughs> There's a lot of things that your wife has had you do to that face of yours in the time that you've known her. And so many of it has ended up on Facebook. Have you noticed he's starting That's to true. look a lot like me? What does that say? I'm starting to become a Mexican. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Okay, Twitchy, tone it down. You're That's welcome. awesome. <laughs> hey, um... Before we insult everyone, shall we get to the sponsors? Shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, radio kscr, geek factor radio, and our Patreon subscribers, which you can find out more over at patreon.com/stolendroids. Yes, also we got to give a shout out to Salt Lake Comic Con coming up this weekend. Uh be there or don't be there and Be there and be square. Yes, but if you're not there, then you can cry alone because you truly will be alone because everyone else will be there. Just so we're all clear, this is way cooler than Baimon Sci-Fi Con. Much, much cooler than Baimon Sci-Fi Con. And we don't have the gay robots, so. (laughs) Actually, Um, actually, I think we do. They're just all in cosplay. That is true. Uh, Also, (laughs) we want to give um, a reminder. We've got the Buddy Walk by the Lake coming up this Saturday, September 23rd. At Centerville Community Park in Centerville, Utah. Now, is that uh, remind us? Is that again where you ask a girl f- to take a walk, but you're immediately friend zoned? No, this is for the Utah Down Syndrome Foundation. Ah, and you can understand is, my confusion. Yes, and it is it is a fundraiser that they do. Uh, right now, there's about 1,200 Utahns who are living with Down syndrome, and this condition has affected their lives. But they want to celebrate it. They don't care. They're like, I'm good with this. So they're doing the Buddy Walk by the Lake. Uh, you can sign up for this at udsf.org. Um, register today. The fees do include a 40th birthday T-shirt, all activities, and a lunch. Adults are only 15 bucks. Children and students are 10 uh, Check-in begins at 9 a.m. Um, buddy Walk is at 11.30, and lunch is at noon. So if you can pull yourself away from Salt Lake Comic Con for a few hours, this is a really good cause. Take a few, take a few hours out of your day. Go, go support these guys. They're great. That'd be awesome. That'd be actually be awesome if we could get everyone at the con to go to it as well. Oh, could you imagine? That would be so cool. It would be. So, uh, so big news this week is unfortunately not what we're starting off with. So the big news was Apple, right? And their Worldwide yes. Developer Conference. And, yeah, there was a lot of stuff there. Yeah, uh, there was. There, there legitimately was. And, of course, it's not the big news, unfortunately. We get to rehash... Colin, there's a ninja behind you. What? Hi. <laughs> there's actually somebody behind him. This is awesome. And it happens to be his wife. Ooh, her face is painted, too. Sorry. Is her my face wife, painted? My wife popped up out of nowhere. Yes, it is. <laughs> is she a painted lady? She is a painted lady. Would you like to show your face off? Show my face? Yeah. Which, which is funny because, like, nobody that's listening to this can is actually see. Her? No, they can't. Screenshot. Screenshot. Uh, she's too quick. <laughs> she she was too quick. I couldn't get the screenshot. But the screenshot of the screenshot of Colin and his his lovely Spider Man face paint is up on Facebook. So great. I gotta say, it's oh, really amazing you. how well they made it work with the glasses. I mean, it's it's pretty spot on. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, our main headline we get to talk about uh, again. <laughs> You you sound like I feel Equifax. when you make that noise. By the way, I I don't normally do this on the air. I've got to kind of toot my own horn here. I'm especially proud of last week's episode title. Equifract? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was imp- I was impressed as well. It wasn't well easy to find a, a, a an image about that. In fact, uh, I ended up I couldn't find an image. I just ended up getting a picture of Equifax, but Yeah, well, you know, there, the the word that I 
that comes to mind um, sounded like ducked. Yes. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Okay, so this Equifax thing just keeps getting worse and worse, doesn't it? It does. It does. But thankfully, some people have started to really take note. Um, I tweeted after our after we talked last week, uh, I tweeted to the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, and asked kind of, you know, doesn't this sound like insider trading? And, and refresh people's memory. That was because three of their executives three, yeah. sold, sold off $1.8 million worth of stock within days of finding out about the breach. Without disclosing anything to the public. Because they knew Correct. that once they did that, Equifax's stock would drop and they wouldn't be able to clear out that stock for the same amount of money. Yes. Yeah. That's called insider and, and, trading. And that has happened. Um, it It's down, what, about 30%? Is that what I 34, saw last? 34%. Um, well, the FTC is actually investigating them right now. Which is not to be unexpected. However, it is kind of surprising that the FTC did confirm that they are doing the... Yeah, normally they don't announce, oh, by the way, we're going after these people. Yeah. And the politicians are calling this as bad as Enron. Which is pretty bad. It was horrible. Now, I got to say... A lot of the Democrats that are, well, people who have listened to the show know I don't like politicians generally on principle. Uh, I just think that they're, they're shady and can't be trusted. There are certain politicians that I really don't like. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer is one of them. I really do not like him. However, I have to give him credit because he is going after Equifax hard. He he is helping to lead the charge against them. So good for him. Yeah, you don't nec- you disagree with a lot of his policies, but you don't necessarily disagree with his because he's the one saying it's as bad as Enron. Yes, I I, th- I think that he is spot on on this, and it's very rare that I can say that about anything that comes out of that man's mouth. Yeah. Well, it turns out things have gotten even worse, if you can believe it. Equifax tried to um, brush off, I guess, or, or try to distance themselves uh, from fault with the with this whole breach by saying it's not our fault that this happened. No, no, this was because of this particular software stack in Apache. Now Apache is an open source web platform. As many people know, Um, it runs most of the internet. We run on Apache. Everyone runs on Apache. The the only few people who don't run on IIS. And even as a Microsoft, Microsoft fanboy, I fully know Almost no one uses IIS. Yeah. Colin, I don't know if you realize this, but your mic has been off for a while. (laughs) This is awesome. He's just sitting there trying to figure out what the heck happened. That is the most confused Spider-Man I've ever seen. Hey, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Can't figure out how to run a mic. His wife left the room, and almost immediately, I could just hear this click, 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 click. There it was. There it is. He's got a short in his cord. There it is. This oh. makes this this makes for awful awful audio, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, dear listener, I apologize in advance. We're already way off the rails here. It could be worse. You could be seeing him. Yep, we got you. We can hear you. He can't hear us though because he doesn't have his earbuds in. Now they're back in. My wife tripped over the cord on her way out. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something, Colin? You know, there was something I was going to say. About IIS? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. So, IIS. I think in my career of being in IT for like 10 years, I've only ever set up one IIS server. And we brought it down like four months later. Can I tell you something? Almost every one of my customers runs off IIS. That does not surprise me at all. In fact, I think all of them do, but they're all governments. Oh, that surprises uh, me that even less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, just saying. Just saying. So Apache is not an uncommon thing. Well, an Apache bug sounds like a real big deal, right? Yeah. Generally. You'd be right. Except for by Equifax saying it's not our fault, it's Apache's fault because there was this critical flaw. What they're forgetting is that everyone else has access to Apache's logs as well. And they know that the, that critical flaw was patched two months before the hack started. 
Yeah, it was patched on. Uh, it was a, it was a flaw in the Apache Struts framework, and it was patched on March sixth. Three days later, the bug was already under mass attack by hackers who were exploiting exploiting the flaw to install rogue applications on servers. Five days after that, the exploits showed few signs of letting up, and Equifax said that the breach occurred mid-May. I mean, this is something they were. There was like this is like D-Day going on here. And Equifax is sitting off watching it. And then when Equifax takes a couple bullets, they're wondering, wait, what? What just happened here? I mean, everybody's attacking this flaw, and Equifax is surprised that they got attacked by it. Or through it, rather. The flaw didn't attack them. That would be a scary flaw. Yeah. Um... So, should we tell them how it gets worse? <laughs> yeah, let, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. so Equifax does just exist in the U.S. Um, and I won't lie here, I'm not really familiar with economy and credit in other countries. Right? I'm assuming that my credit score here in the U.S. means nothing if I travel over to Europe. But I may be completely wrong because I truly don't know. You know, I think a lot of other societies, um, especially in third world countries, are primarily cash based. They don't do the credit the way that Americans do. Whereas Americans put everything on credit. You go to the grocery store and you see people breaking out their their American Express card to buy their groceries because they want the points. Got to get them miles. Exactly. Exactly. Everything is done on credit in the U.S. Whether it's paid off at the end of the month, that's that's a different story. But... <laughs> But I don't think that you see that so much in other parts of the world. Maybe you do. The parts I've been haven't. Well, we know that Equifax exists at least in Latin America, um, including Argentina. There in Argentina, they have an online portal meant for employee use only to log in and view people's credit and view their information. You'd think that'd be pretty well secured, right? Well, you obviously know it's not because I'm bringing this up, but I'll bet you you don't know how bad it is. It turns out that that portal has a default username and password of admin admin. <laughs> Which means awesome. that that Netgear router you bought from Office Depot is officially more secure than a credit bureau's monitoring system. Because it's admin password? <laughs> no, because it's it's admin and then whatever password is printed on the bottom of the router. <laughs> Yes. Oh, now, so we should say, this doesn't give give full access to the system. This is a portal to manage credit report disputes from customers in Argentina. Which could still have a lot of personal information. But the thing is, when you log into it, you can view a list of the users who can log into it, which would be the Equifax employees, and you can view their usernames, which is generally their last name, maybe first letter last name yeah and then if you inspect the code on the page view the source you can also see in plain text their password which is generally the same as their username and then you can log in as that user and you got access to the system but um but just wait it gets worse that's terrifying that is straight up terrifying that they are so freaking insecure it gets worse so it turns out the hackers that breached the system also stole data for 200,000 credit card transactions from history saved within Equifax. They held on to transactions going back to November of 2016. Yeah. Like, I... I this just baffles me. And, and it wasn't even encrypted. Okay, so um, this is something I haven't really shared with uh, with our listeners because it's part of my day job, and generally people don't ever want to hear that, right? If you are part of a company and you're in the habit of taking credit card data, you have to be what's called PCI DSS compliant. Mm-hmm. It is a massive pain in the neck. It is a huge pain in the neck. And every system that touches credit card data or is used to transmit it or store it has to be compliant with this really strict set of guidelines. Now, what what are some just 
because obviously a lot of people aren't familiar with that. What kind of guidelines are we talking about? End-to-end um, -end encryption? I mean, what are, what are we talking about? End-to-end encryption. And anything that touches that has to be encrypted as well. So the phone line that a uh, an operator may be on has to be encrypted from end-to-end. If it is stored for any reason, if it's recorded, that recording has to be encrypted, archived, and it has to be kept under lock and key. If they're on a call floor, the only people who have access to the call floor have to be able to be badged in and out. It has to be secured from the rest of the general call floor. People can't just walk on there. Um, if they keep notes on paper, that paper has to be destroyed on a regular basis, and that has to be done through a third-party contractor who is also certified as PCI compliant. If you use the computer system, the computer system has to be encrypted and has to have strong lockdowns. And if it's on the same VLAN or the same network as other people, they have to be segregated off. Like, it's it's an insane thing for someone like me, a director of IT. It is a massive pain. And you have to go through this audit process every year. Or every quarter, depending on what other companies you're dealing with. Right, right, absolutely right. And if you're like me, and the company you work for is actually part of a much larger corporation, if any of the child companies fail, the entire corporation fails. Oh, and by the way, do you know who helped develop these rules? I'm going to go with Equifax. The credit bureaus. Oh. <laughs> So it's one of those do-as-we-say-not-as-we-do type of deals. What in the flaming hell went wrong there? Oh, I well, know. It's probably had something to do with their chief security officer. I was going to say that. Oh, it, it may hey, be with some personnel decisions here. Do you know what makes for a great security officer? I'm going to go with a strong background in compositional music. Exactly. <laughs> This is so ridiculous. Now, I, to be fair, when this news came out, when was it? Yesterday? Um, Thursday? Friday? Uh, when it came out that their uh, CSO was not an IT person, but a music major from the University of Georgia. Not just um, a music major. She has a master's degree in it. Yeah. That's not a passing fad. Like, I had to get a college degree to get the keys to a car. No, that that's... This is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of, of a customer I have who's their system admin. She's, she's a librarian. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I get that it happens. But a freaking music major, to be head of your security, and a lot of people were saying, well, you know, chief security, that could... That could be more like with security department, not IT. No, she was the she was head of IS security, information system security, um, and she said as much on her LinkedIn page, which is now private, by the way. And and um, she took off her her last name. She's she's trying to be a bit anonymous, which can you blame her? But she was not with the company as of the time, as of the last few weeks when all this started coming out. But she was with the company when the breach happened. And I don't know what happened there. Maybe they asked her to step down. Maybe she stepped down voluntarily. Regardless, she she was not with the company. But she was when it happened. It's her fault. Well, See, I, I want to know her actual qualifications and how she actually got that position in the first place. Well, she probably took a few courses from ITT Tech. I mean... <laughs> That, now, now, was that before or after they went out of business? Obviously before. <laughs> she, listen, she's, she graduated summa cum laude from Trump University, where she had like the bestest bigly IT education ever, and went right into a follow-up master's program with ITT Tech. That, that just, I mean, that is a good way to embiggen your, embiggen your resume there. Right, right. Now, in her defense, and I, she probably doesn't deserve much of one, um, I don't blame her if she voluntarily stepped away from the company. If I was a lunch person, like a cafeteria server, I'd be getting out of that company right now. Oh, yeah. Because there's a very real threat you'd be firebombed if anyone else found out where you worked. Yes. Uh -huh. I mean, you've only made, what, 143 million enemies? Right, right. That, that, that's a lot of enemies. Well, they're trying to roll back. They're trying to spin it in the best way possible. Uh, it didn't help when it came to light that they would be charging you if you wanted to freeze your credit. Yeah. 
That wasn't good. No, that that's not a good way. Here, we screwed you over. You need to try and fix it. Pay us money to do so. Yeah. That's garbage. Pay us money to let you try and fix the thing we screwed up. Yeah. So now they will no longer charge you to freeze or unfreeze your credit. That's nice of them. That is that is really nice. That's very that charitable. Really nice. It is. Um, it is. Oh, and there's actually a way you can go in and sue them now. There are a few ways. You know, there's a there's a chat bot out there that's claiming it can do it, but really that does little more than populate some forms for you. Uh, I think I was reading there's been 23 separate class action lawsuits filed. Uh, we just need a court to take one of them on, and then it's going to be on. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people saying you need to take them to small claims court, but the problem with doing small claims court, and with, that's what the chat bot does, is you need to prove actual damages. At this point, I think it's still too early to prove any actual damages. I agree. And but there's potential damages for the rest of your life at this point. And the uh. thing that I don't understand, and I, I, I sincerely mean that, I don't understand the relationship between the three credit bureaus. Like, if we see this affect you, Zoner, because we know you were hacked. Yeah, of course I was. Of course you were. So let's say that your Equifax information is completely just tanked. Everything's ruined from it. Okay. That will bleed over to TransUnion and and my brain just went completely blank on the third one. Experian. Uh, yeah, Experian. Yep. Right? I mean, there's no That's way to correct. isolate that. No, there's not. And I, yeah, I think I think we're you're I think I am pretty much just screwed. I fully expect the next time I go to buy a car or, you know, buy a house or whatever the case may be. They're going to tell me that I have $1.18 million in outstanding credit card debt, uh, over 4,500 different accounts. And I mean, I, I think I'm just done. I I need to be cash only at this point. Pretty much. (laughs) I I think I've been just screwed over that badly here. That's why I use LifeLock. This isn't a plug for LifeLock. This is not a paid advertisement for LifeLock. But but that's why I use them. I mean, they're constantly monitoring my credit. Isn't LifeLock that company where the CEO gave his social security number out to everyone and then got hacked repeatedly with it? Yes, it is. But they fixed it for him. Twelve times. Yeah, they they fixed it for him. That's nice of them. (laughs) It is. Now... The the cool thing about LifeLock, because, I mean, I could sign up right now for the credit monitoring from Equifax. I'm not because there was that little clause that they say is gone now, but I'm distrustful. Um, that if you sign up for it, then you're waiving your right to sue. And I think I've got a lawsuit in my, in my future with these guys. Um, but LifeLock is different because they actually help you resolve, whereas the credit monitoring that Equifax is, is offering, they just say dude something may or may not come across our desk that we tell you about and good luck with that yeah have fun yeah (sighs) yeah it sucks um so yeah there's there's the lawsuits going on there's a lot going on they also have changed some some of their um employees this week well yeah we, Uh, we talked about the the cso leaving well, the the CSO and this and the information officers CIO have both stepped down. I believe that took place yesterday. Um, yeah, late late in the day on on Friday, news came out that this that the um, the executives are both quote unquote retiring. And I wonder what kind of retirement package they're going to walk away with here. But. Um, yeah, they are taking effect immediately. So, yeah, the CSO, Susan Maudlin, um, and the CIO, uh, David Webb, have both left the company. He majored in physical education. <laughs> and, and, oh, maybe that's why I couldn't find her on the stuff when I was looking for it on their org chart on Friday. Um, it was Susan Maudlin that had the Malden that had the has the music mm-hmm. degree yep. um but yeah i was looking and she she was not there anywhere to be found on any of their any of their org charts so they cleaned her up real quickly but linkedin <laughs> they, remembers linkedin the internet remembers 
So yeah, there's your Equifax update. Yeah. Let, let's burn through some of these other headlines before we get into the big one, because I'd like to spend the rest of the time talking about the big one if we can. Okay. That's what she said. Yeah. Um, first up, uh, Google. Remember that huge antitrust suit that the EU brought against them for $2.4 billion? Yes. The record-breaking one. Um, no surprise here. They're they're appealing that. Yeah, and we talked Shocker. that that was, that was going to happen. I mean, that's really, like you said, no surprise. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't see that going Google's way, though. No, I don't either. I think a judge may l- lessen it. And maybe that's all that they can hope for at this point, is to not have to pay $2.4 billion. Although they've probably got that in the couches there. Well, what's strange is the fact that even though they're appealing it, they're not trying to suspend the ruling. Which, I don't know, if we have any lawyers listening, that probably says something. To me, it sounds like they know they need to pay. They're just trying to actually appeal the amount, which just supports what what we're kind of theorizing here. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll keep you posted as anything comes out on that. Yep. Speaking of lawsuits, it turns out there was one, a really weird one, um, from a quote-unquote screenwriter who says he came up with the idea for the movie Creed. This is... that's that's the Rocky movie yeah. where uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, takes Apollo Creed's son and trains him how to fight. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, little-known actor named Jarrett Alexander tweeted to Sylvester Stallone back in 2012 the idea for a movie he called Creed. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty damning, right? Oh, yes, because tweets are like, legal stuff aren't they that's why the president uses it all the time right um right (laughs) according to the court case um mr alexander wrote a script put a copyright on it created a pitch sequence using a, a pitch reel as it's known using scenes edited from the existing rocky movies and then posted it to creedmovie.com which no longer exists. Right. Uh, he then claims that Sylvester Stallone must have seen his copyrighted ideas and materials because he submitted it to Twitter. And so he figured that because he tweeted out this movie idea, um, that if anyone used it, he would be compensated. For, and that's based on a long-standing industry custom. And that long-standing industry custom is in quotation marks. Yes. Um, <laughs> a judge noted, uh, and I quote, that the long-standing industry custom since the 1956 case is actually to secure an agreement before disclosing your idea, or producers can essentially feel free to steal it. Yeah. So the long story, or the lesson to be learned here, if you have a movie idea get an agreement before you start telling the entire internet about said movie idea. Maybe not tweet it. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to keep it to yourself until you have some sort of an understanding with the the party that you're trying to get to make said movie. Um, Creed is a good movie though. So if he in fact did come up with the idea, good good for him. That, that, you had a winner there. Too bad you were a knucklehead. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that that's a good movie i enjoyed it immensely um uh, so the next so, episode the next headline i can't stop laughing about actually this is just this is too too good Zon, i'll let you handle it okay oh you know it's funny because my computer actually won't pull up the website so awesome i uh, essentially south park had their season premiere what is it their 21st season premiere I, I don't know. They've been doing it a long time, but they, <laughs> they were trolling off um, Amazon Echo users. Um, they, they they were trolling trolling these guys hard, and they kept saying stuff on the episode that was triggering the, the Alexa. Uh, Google Home was also getting affected by it. 
but yeah, I, I can't remember other details, Zook, if you've got the article or Colin. Yeah. Uh, the, apparently there was a lot of potty mouths from from Alexa. Cartman basically got a whole bunch of Google assistants and Echoes and got them to start talking to each other. And the problem was is that he got them to start insulting each other with horrible, horrible phrases. <laughs> And it was triggering people's actual Google assistants and Alexas to start doing exactly what it was he was telling them to do. Now, we've talked about this before with Burger King trying to do that. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be the animosity with South Park doing it that there was when somebody was trying to get you to buy something. Right. And... I don't know. Maybe it's because it's South Park. Maybe it's because they weren't feel like to get it's you a to... different crowd. Yeah, it probably, probably. It's, it's more humor related than I want I... your money, so I'm gonna make your Amazon Echo decide to buy things. Yeah, and I think that that's um, that's that's kind of cool. That that speaks volumes. No pun intended. To one, how clever. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are, and two, how good-natured people who watch South Park can be. <laughs> good-natured in a kind of annoyed way. Uh, uh, yes. Tweet uh, at Owen Har- Halpert. Uh, this expletive uh, South Park ep- has triggered my Alexa like six times. I now have hairy balls and smelly tampons on my Amazon shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> Oh, that should have been a favorite. Okay. Um, as almost in response to this, not really, but uh, it kind of deals with the whole autoplay and auto answer and auto respond. Google Chrome, uh, starting next year, will start auto, will block auto playing video with sound next year. I just repeated a whole bunch of words over and over, but you guys got what I mean. You did. So, so Google Chrome will not allow well it will allow the video it will not allow the audio on autoplaying videos which is a wonderful thing because how many times have we even talked about it on this show when we pull up an article that we've linked to and it's nothing but a stupid video that plays at full blast over and over and over again yeah i i hate that crap i am so glad they're they're actually going to start rolling out the ability to mute specific domains later this year um and it should they're they're hoping to kind of learn through the process, and then it should all just be blocked beginning next year. Mm-hmm. That's that's so wonderful. Thank you, Google. Now, strangely, I would like to point out that it was Google who originally introduced the autoplay video with sound. Was it? I think so. And it was mainly for their Google ads. And it just... Um, I think it just it got too big, and now it's like one of the most hated things out there. It It is despised. I cannot stand it. It's so bad. Um, almost as bad as Play Store malware. How does this keep happening? Google, I mean, they have a setting that basically is designed to protect you by keeping you from installing things that haven't been approved by Google. And yet they keep having malware on their on their Play Store that they approved, that they let slip through. Because they're paying people who just think, oh, this is fine. Psh, who needs to check into it? <laughs> Let's just get you going. Yeah, I don't I don't like this. I, it keeps happening. Yeah, what's really bad about this one is um, it was first brought up to Google on August 7th. And Google immediately scrubbed all signs of it from like f- a whole bunch of devices. And within a couple of days, it was back on the Play Store and infected another 5,000 devices. It just keeps happening. It, it really does. It's disgusting. They, they need to figure something out. You know, it's kind of like those call center reps that will call you and be like, oh, yeah, we can totally do this, this, and this for you. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, no, you really can't. Mm. But now, we're going we're gonna to maybe do it anyways. Google has rolled out a new feature to try and stop this from happening again. And, uh, and I actually noticed it this week. I was kind of surprised by it, happily so. If you, go, if you have an Android 
and you go to your My Apps or your Installed or your Updates, at the very top is actually a... How do I describe this? It's their smart scan feature, for lack of a better term. I know that's a Windows term, but it says on mine, no problems found. App scanned yesterday at 9.57 a.m., and I can refresh that, and it goes through. Oh, it's Play Protect is what it's called. Yes. And it automatically goes through and scrubs through all the apps on your phone to make sure that there's nothing malicious on there. Which is nice. That is kind of cool. That is nice. Especially because I really hate the whole lookout security that just comes default on I disable it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, unfortunately, a lot of phones don't run a supported version of Android for Play Protect. So True. there's a huge audience. I mean, this Namely latest. Apple phones. Yeah. <laughs> this latest batch of malware hit over 4.2 million users. I mean, that's a lot of users. Yeah. It's not, it's not um, Equifax large, but still. It's pretty big. Um, uh, Cortana just popped up on me. What the heck? Uh, in Amazon news, Hillary Clinton's new book has caused some problems with the review system. It, it's kind of shining a spotlight on it. Well, it's not the first one to do it. It's just the most recent. It is. And it's because it's Hillary Clinton, it's getting a lot of press. and it's, it's Right. So she wrote a book called What Happened and released it. And as you can guess, it's about the 2016 presidential elections. And originally, when it was released on Tuesday, uh, the next morning, that had over 1,600 reviews. And almost a perfect 50-50 split were between five stars and one stars. Amazon has a bunch of uh, systems in place to auto-protect people from spamming bad reviews on something that they haven't bought. Okay. Which I think is wise. It, yes, it, it is wise. Though occasionally, like sometimes you get some really hilarious reviews. Remember when Mitt Romney said that dumb little phrase, binders full of women? Yes. Yeah. And suddenly the uh, the binders articles on uh, on Amazon all had reviews that they didn't come with any women at all. Uh, or there was the Bic pens for her. And just some of the oh, most yeah. hilarious reviews. And I get that. That was comedy. But someone like Hillary Clinton, and if we're being honest, this could be said about any politician. Many of the reviews, if not all, and I don't know because I haven't read them all, uh, that came back as one star, were one star simply because it was Hillary Clinton. And by that token, if we're being perfectly honest, probably many of the five stars were also five stars because it was Hillary Clinton. Well, Amazon went and removed almost 900 reviews that it said were from people who could not be verified that they ever purchased the book. Well, and the thing is, the verified purchase, you have to have purchased it from Amazon for it to be a verified purchase. So they know you've bought it. Right. Yeah. And I get that. I get that. And so, I mean, I'm okay with that. Still, I doubt how many of these people sat down and read the book, you know, overnight. It, I'm sure there were some, but were there enough to give it all five-star reviews? I think it's going back to what you said. People are giving it five-star reviews because of who it is, but they're probably buying the book because of who it is. Right. And they're, they're pre, it's, a, it's a preaching to the choir situation. That's a good way of putting it. Um, after they've basically purged the the, uh, the listing of all those reviews by Thursday afternoon um, there were just 22 negative but all of them were marked verified purchased yeah then a whole bunch of one star reviews t- started showing up again slamming Amazon and it turns out these people were also verified purchased they went and purchased the book just so they could slam Amazon oh and gosh. Hillary Clinton well, you know, two birds. Which <laughs> I don't know if those people understand what they're doing. I hate Hillary Clinton so much, and I hate Amazon so much. They won't let me spout my little one-star review telling everyone how much I hate her and what a criminal she is and how she's just the worst person ever. So I'm going to give her money and give Amazon commission so I can tell her how horrible she is. Dude, guess what? She doesn't care. You just she's bought her book. Paid. She's getting paid. You know and what? Amazon's getting just, paid. Just forget about those reviews and just go back to the sugar-free gummy bear reviews. Which are awesome. 
They are the best reviews on Amazon <laughs> but, you will so ever this read. Is, a, is this a big problem? I mean, we kind of figured this would happen. And it would happen if Trump left office right now. Like, if he just decided, if he pulled a Sarah Palin and said, yep, my job's done, I've done everything I needed to, retires and writes a book called How I'm Awesome, it would get the same thing. You'd get a handful of supporters who bought it and rated it one star, and you'd get, you know, the rest of the nation who all write in one star saying, this guy's an idiot. And it obviously wasn't written by him. And Amazon would be forced to do the same thing all over again. The thing is, I would hope that they would do the same thing all over again. They would. They would have to. They they would have to. And, you know, I, I, I think this is totally fine. I, I don't like politicians. I really don't like Hillary Clinton. But I'm okay with bumping her from a 3.2 or whatever it was to a 4.8 on her average review because you had a bunch of people just one starring her because they don't like her. We've seen this happen to our friend, Larry Correa, who is yes. to be fair on the complete opposite side of the political spectrum that people went in and just bashed his books just because they don't like him. Which if you talk to him for five minutes, how can you not like him? He's, He's a hilarious, awesome. nice guy. He really is. Um, but this is a real thing that happened. So I just, I don't know. It's really frustrating. And then this particular site tries to read it as if it's some kind of scandal against Amazon when it really isn't. You know, I think a lot of sites have tried to read it as a scandal against Amazon. Amazon's oh, in Am- bed with the Clintons. Amazon is censoring the American people's... I mean, They're part no. of the liberal agenda. Yeah, and I apologize for the source that I pull, pulled here, but they're all the same. Everybody's got the same spin on this. And that, oh, well, you know... It's it's Amazon backing the Clintons. Of course, you know, they're going to take the the one star reviews down to make her look good. But if people are just one starring it because they should take them down. Yeah. I, I'm totally OK with that. Yeah, agreed. Um, last headline before we get to the big the big easy. No, that's New Orleans, isn't it? I can't just use it that is. for other things. I, I'd like to go to the Big Easy, I'm though. all for the Big Easy. Okay, the rest of the episode's canceled. Let's go to the Big Easy. <laughs> go, go get some go get some beignets. and, and Ooh, oh, It's like 1 a.m. there, though. So? The you think part, that place goes to sleep on a Saturday night? Every part except the part that you th- want to go to, evidently. Oh, the French Quarter's awesome. Um, okay, so um, Pirate Bay has been hijacking people's computers and using it for Bitcoin mining. Oops. Um, well, they're, they're just testing it out. Oh, okay. okay. Um, cause obviously, you know, some use ad blockers. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, okay. So. so let's move into Apple news. This week was their worldwide developer conference. And I got to apologize to everyone. We really screwed up in the last episode. We mentioned that the iPhone eight would be coming out here in a little bit within the next month. And it was like two days later was the Worldwide Developer Conference. We just weren't paying attention. Of course, Colin's got it marked on his calendar. Let's talk about was what was legit on my calendar. <laughs> I know. That's why I say that. Because that's how you roll, fanboy. So the big one that was announced was, of course, the iPhone X, which we basically knew everything about. It was all leaked. It was all leaked, which is uncharacteristic for Apple. But can we just talk a bit about some of uh, the confusion about it? Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on my my beloved Microsoft here, okay? Because they deserve to be picked on. When the Xbox came out, it was great, right? When the Xbox 360 was coming out, Sony was getting ready to launch the PlayStation 3. So instead of launching the Xbox Two, Microsoft named it the Xbox 360 to make it seem like it was on par with the PlayStation 3, right? When Windows, at its finest. Yeah. When Windows 10 came out, it's because they were trying to go up against I, um, Mac OS 10 or OS X, is what it was known then, which is one of the main reasons they skipped over Windows 9. There's a lot of other reasons, and none of them are good. But so they went from 7 to 8 to 8.1 to 10. Okay? Marketing again. Can anyone explain to me the logic between launching an iPhone 8 
iPhone 8 Plus and iPhone 10 at the same time. Like because they, seven, eight, nine. You've been waiting for. <laughs> Tell me honestly, Colin. Has that been going around the Apple lovers Reddit? I mean, probably. If anyone asks, this is why we did it. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Uh, you're not I'm even so a dad proud of yet. You, you can't you use so a dad much. joke like that. You're going to make a great father. Thank you. But no, seriously, I mean, it would make... I'd be willing to forgive it if they released the 8 and 8 Plus now, and next year they release the 10. But this is just confusing. Well, I love how they come out on stage. People clap. They say they're going to introduce stuff. People clap. There's a lot of clapping. And then they say how the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, or whatever they are, are like the best phones ever made, revolutionary, and get everybody excited to go buy one. And then they announce the iPhone X or 10 or whatever they're calling it. It is 10. They're naming it 10. And, and, and again, I don't care that they're naming it the iPhone 10. But it's like, you just sold me on the iPhone 8. Now you're selling me on a different phone. Give me time to go buy the 8 and then sell me on the new one. Because mm-hmm. I'm an Apple fanboy. I'm going to buy it. You know they will. Because let's be honest, they still need to work on the technology a little more. There's going to be tons of bugs when it first comes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, okay, so let's let's hit the, the big points here. We were right. The Touch ID system is gone out of the I- iPhone ten. The screen does not allow for it. Instead, you have to unlock it with your face. Uh, to handle that, it's a, there's a new real-depth camera. That's not its name. That's the name of er- what every other manufacturer who makes that camera calls it, or RealSense. Um, Intel has had it for years. I'm using one right now with my computer. I use it to unlock my computer all the time. Um, and they're going to use that instead of a fingerprint sensor, even to verify purchases. Now, it's not a normal camera. It also has depth sensing, so you can't fool it with just a flat photo of yourself. That's kind of cool. I yes. don't I, I don't understand why they didn't just move the fingerprint sensor to the back, because that's what every Android phone does that can't have it on the front. But, okay, I'm sure there was they a wanted a sleek design. They can stick their slick design in their <laughs> ear if it doesn't work. Okay. No, because then they're holding it wrong. Um, it has wireless charging. It has um, water resistance. It has an edge-to-edge screen. And it has quick charging. So, as Zoner pointed out in our Slack channel, it's basically a Galaxy S6. Yes, it's a Galaxy S6. And Samsung makes their screens. Now, So, yeah, it's a it's Galaxy great. S6. Maybe it has the S6 Edge. Can I can I share something with you that I found fascinating? So we were dead on uh, when we looked at that leak last week of the screen. It's edge to edge, and it has that notch out of the top to adjust for the cameras, right? Which allows the screen to be up on either side. Yeah. I actually really liked that. And Zoner, you did too when we were talking about it. I actually love that design. I love that. I, I do. And it's nice because the speaker and the microphone's also up there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also have a couple extra sensors up there. Yeah. But can I share something that happened with you guys the other night? I'm in the car um, with three of my buddies, all of them iPhone users. Okay. None of them techies. And the conversation immediately turned. They turned to me and said, "Did you, so what do you think about the new iPhone, the, the X? I'm like, oh, the 10? Oh, well, it seems interesting. And all three of them independently immediately start going on how much they hate that thing. <laughs> what I is their reasoning? Their reasoning is is that you turn it on its side and it cuts into web pages. It cuts into games. It cuts into videos. It's real estate lost. That they would have preferred Apple to just cut it straight across and keep a, you know, a defined rectangle area of screen instead. And I just find that so interesting. And I mean that. I, I sincerely mean interesting. I'm not trying to, like, rub salt in the wound. Because the three of us think it's a really cool design. And the three iPhone users didn't like it at all. Well, I will say, too, I'm actually an iPhone user. Well, yes, so, we know that. And and the design, I mean, yeah, sure, there's going to be a little nick of where you're not going to be... St- going to be able to see something but most web pages are formatted for that anyways most are more centered into the phone and if you're holding it down and like as you should with a web page in a rectangle mode then 
really it should view just fine. Now, does that hold true if you're watching like full screen videos? We don't know yet. Don't know. I guess time will tell. Yeah, I, and that that's the truth. I, I just share that anecdote because it was just it was baffling to me. I expected these guys above anyone else to be going on about how excited they were. And in the end, it was me having to justify the screen to them. Now, I did see something. I guess they're going to do a glass back on the phone as well. They are, yeah. They have to uh, for wireless charging. Which, you know, that's awesome because now you're going to have a broken screen and a broken back. A la iPhone 4. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. My wife was telling me tonight. I've joked about iPhones and their broken screens like crazy on this show. And my wife said they just bought a brand new iPhone um, 7 Plus or whatever at her work for doing charting or something. on. She's a nurse. And it's, it's like a week old and it's already got a shattered screen. <laughs> and I just laughed. Yeah. I just laughed because that's how you identify an iPhone in my mind. Oh, totally. Is, is the screen shattered? Yes. Okay. It's an iPhone. Um, so something with that too. So the glass in this one is actually reinforced by a surgical grade steel. So hopefully that will help and reduce the amount. Uh, I know a lot of. I love how he uses the buzzword like it means something. You know, we can only hope. It's reinforced by steel, but st- what is it like infused into the glass? The glass is still going to break, dude. I don't know. It's just going to not Surgical break your phone Surgical grade steals on her. You know, the same oh. as this pin that holds my microphone up. Hey, it's it's what they said in the video, all right? And they just use it because people are too dumb to think <laughs> about what it really means. I know what surgical grade steel means. My wife has like 14 pounds of it in her legs. Hey, and they're, are they holding up okay? Funny enough, shattered. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so last little bit of controversy about it. They do mention that it accepts fast charging, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Turns out they don't accept fast charging with Apple's default power adapters. Only USB 3? USB-C. USB-C. Oh, sorry, USB-C. That's so what, that's you need to have a wall charger, a wall wart, with USB-C to lightning bolt. That's the only way for it to accept fast charging. Which is ironic. But how much are they going to make selling the official Apple? Oh, tons. You know it. Tons. Oh, yeah. But that's just so bizarre to me. Oh, it makes perfect sense to me the way they nickel and dime me on their accessories. Oh, sure, sure. Otherwise, um, can we just dedicate 30 seconds to the utterly pointless animated emoji? Oh, you mean that uh, piece of <laughs> shit that you can now animate with your face because it's innovation? This is the <gasps> stupidest way to use this technology ever. It uses that depth-sensing camera to figure out exactly where your face is and what it's doing, and it changes the emoji to match. It so changes you rotate your emoji. Fa- <laughs> exactly. And they, they said that, like, they brought up, yes, it works with the poop emoji, on their in the conference, it was ridiculous. Like this is what and we so were worried about with our phones. If you tilt your face, it tilts with you. If you make an angry face, it will make an angry face. So, so when no longer are you the guy who's talking to his phone like from the movie Her. Now you're the guy making Tourette's faces. Sorry, Colin, at your phone <laughs> for no particular reason. You can't even say, "Oh, Instagram selfie." Now you can say, "Oh, I'm trying to be an octopus." <laughs> well, yeah. you know, the cool thing about it, though, is yeah, that poo, that poo emoji is always so happy. And sometimes when you do a poo, it's not a happy poo. And so now you can make it an angry poo, like if you've got explosive diarrhea at the train station or something. Whenever I take a big poop, I'm going to send that to my wife from now on. Now, from now on, whenever you take a big poop, I just want you to think iPhone. I'm going to send it to you guys. I'm just wondering. It's like, Not the I hope that poop, I can send it to Android we, users. We've, got, we've gone <laughs> way over 30 seconds here, but can I just point out one last thing about this? Not everyone's angry face is the same. 
That's true. Very I'm true. just I, I understand that all the Apple clones it is, but uh, the rest of the human race, no, we have different faces for different emotions. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, we have to really plow through, and I feel like we've done a great disservice to some of these announcements. Um, Apple TV moving to 4K, I don't think it's worth it. Colin, your thoughts? It will make the UI a lot better. I hate the current UI interface. It's terrible. It just seems overstretched, so it'll be nice to have something that's a little more simplistic. Most people aren't going to upgrade to 4K TVs. Not yet. 4K isn't even really completely relevant yet. People are yeah. still working on it. So. Yeah. And Roku is it'll still get there when it does. The-, the, the big piece behind it, though, is the HDR, so it does have uh, more depth to it, better color, better contrast. Um, and then they also announced the Apple Watch uh, Series 3, uh, which will now be able to have built-in cellular, which is pretty sweet. I actually really like that. Oh, well, then you should have gotten an Android Wear or a Galaxy S3 Frontier. Shut up. <laughs> Ten bucks a month <laughs> from your carrier for that data plan, by the way. Pretty much. Uh, but those are all available now except for the iPhone X. The iPhone X uh, pre-orders begin the end of October on the 27th, and then you can start purchasing November 3rd. Oh, one last thing about the iPhone X that is kind of glaringly obvious but still worth mentioning. No home button, which I'm I'm not sure how they're going to do. Now, to be fair, my uh, Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus also has no hardware home button. Instead, they have a section of the screen that's dedicated to it, and it has haptic feedback when I press it. So I don't know if they're going to do something like that. They've mentioned gestures a lot, but I'm not familiar enough with iOS to yeah, really so, understand gestures. So what they're actually doing with it, so you'll use your face to unlock it, or you can input your your passcode. Um, and then any time that you want to, say, close out of an application or go back to your home, you just swipe up from the bottom of it, and it'll bring up multitasking features. If you hold um, halfway up the screen when you're dragging up, then it will give you all your multitask options. That seems oddly complicated. That's what I was just thinking. All you do is slide up for anything. It's not too complicated. Compare that to hitting a button. I mean, it is a little more complicated for that, sure. No, 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 and I mean that. I'm not trying to draw this out. We're already over on time. But the big thing that we on this show even have given Apple credit for was simplifying an otherwise complicated problem when it came to a mobile device. Simplifying it to the point that a three-year-old just picks up a device and gets it. They just get it. Now, hand the new iPhone X to that three-year-old and say, swipe up from the bottom, but not all the way, and hold for a little while, and that brings up the multitask options. And from there, you can then move back to your home screen. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, I get what you're saying. It doesn't seem like a huge stretch, but I think it's really just taking the best thing Apple ever did for the mobile space and stringing it up by its neck. Yeah, but in some areas, too, I mean... It did make for better space for other things. Sure. I just don't know if it's space well spent. If it's worth it. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. We will find out. (laughs) All right. We got to get into our favorites uh, real fast here. Mine is a Destiny 2 advertisement. It's about four minutes long. It's the Japanese version. And it basically covers everything you do in Destiny. Mainly dance. And I love it. And watching it, it makes me want to go log in right now. Um, and in fact, if anyone out there is playing Destiny 2, uh, please let me know because I need friends on there. <laughs> you need friends in real Zook life. Zook needs too, friends. Can you see us? <laughs> Look, I'll be your friend in real life if you're my friend on Destiny 2. <laughs> uh, my favorite this week is an Android game. I purchased it thinking that it was like a SimCity game, uh, but it's not. It's actually kind of a puzzle number matching slider puzzle thing. Um, very highly addictive though, and a lot of fun. It makes you think, which I like. Um, so check it out. Oh, it's um, called then, it's called My Little Town. I should throw that hey, in there. It's my turn. Jeez. <laughs> Some people are rude, aren't we? Seriously, my favorite is J.J. Abrams. Uh, was chosen to write and direct uh, Star Wars Episode Eight. Yay! It's no, fantastic. Not eight, nine. 
Nine. That's what I meant. Also, yay. Nine. Yeah, oh. the circle is now complete. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our Are we sure it's not week. ten, though? Shut up. Okay, so <laughs> thank you for listening to our episode this week. Let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at stillandroids.com, 801-917-GEEK. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Xbox Live, please. And until next time, cheers. Good day. 789. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.